0: This episode of Own the Gray is brought to you by I Am. Discover your unique talents, realize your potential, and align to your path. Take the first step to uncover your life purpose by visiting deborahjonesca slash courses. So, you've decided it's time to start exercising. Well, congratulations. You've taken the first step on your way to a new and improved body and mind. We all know that exercise can help us lose weight, but did you know that it can prevent and reverse depression, help people with arthritis, and can even cure some forms of heart disease? It can also help prevent and recover from cancer but there is a catch. You need to get and keep moving. Stay tuned to discover a really easy way to do that. And these are things that everyone can do, even you. Come on, let me introduce you to a very good friend of mine. You're going to love him. My next guest has been a personal trainer for 20 years and is currently focused on helping people gain strength and mobility with healthy aging. He has extensive training, knowledge, and certifications in fitness and nutrition. He's a weight loss coach and has published articles for City News and CTV News. And get this, He modeled for workout magazines and calendars, and won first prize in a bodybuilding show at the age of 37. Please welcome my friend, Jody Boynton.
1: Hi, Deborah. Nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you too, Jody. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks. Happy to be here.
0: I really was very interested in talking with you about this because movement and Exercise. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I really just can't get motivated. Um, I'm working from home. I don't go out very much at all these days, and I'm feeling the effects at the end of the day of a a body that hasn't been stretching. And I really, um, w- when I was talking to you the other day, and you shared a few things with me, I thought this is exactly what. I need to do that's going to help me get into uh, a a focus on ways to move throughout my day so that I don't go to bed all achy and wake up achy at the same time. So, you know, I have a hard time making the time and the space to do workouts, and I'm definitely not going to the gym these days. So do you have any tips and advice that you can give us that would make this a little bit easier?
1: First of all, people think it's an all or nothing thing. It's, I don't have access to a gym. I can't work out. And that's just not true. It's, it's not an all or nothing thing. We need 10,000 steps a day minimum, 20,000 to be preferable, which is a challenge to reach, actually, if you're not active and out walking. Um, but it's just finding the little moments in the day where you can add something that's of benefit to you. So you don't have to have that regimented one-hour slot and fit it into your day. You can break it up into like 15-minute bouts or you can just take three trips to take the laundry up the stairs rather than just one. It's just about getting that heart rate up, keeping that movement and just being conscious of it.
0: Mm, that's the thing, isn't it? If, if if we're just focused on what we're doing and, and we're not actually focused on how our body is moving, um, if we did become more conscious of what we're doing, You know, as you said, taking the laundry up in in three, three passes instead of just trying to carry it all in the one um, that gives us some more stair workout. Um, I personally don't have any stairs, so that wouldn't help me. Do you have any things that might help me?
1: It's it's just being active like you just got off a Zoom call from work or with a client. And then you have that 15 minute window and you look outside and go, "Okay, today's the day. And yeah. just get out there and just take that 15 minutes and enjoy nature and listen to the sounds and be aware of your feet touching the ground and listen to the snow crunching between your boots and just make it an experience rather than work.
0: Yeah, because it does feel like work. Sometimes it feels like a chore or, you know, once I get into it, I know I, I've been good. I used to go to the gym and and I know, you know, it takes a little while to get my head around this being an exciting thing to do rather than a chore. But, um, but you know, what if we can't actually get out? You know, what if we're actually in an apartment, for instance?
1: There's there's lots of little moments in the day. Like you're waiting for the kettle to boil. You can do some counter push-ups. Um, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you can't do a full push-up, a great place to start, again, is on the stairs. Start at a level you're comfortable with. And then as you get stronger, you can work your way down. Just keep adding, like, 10 each day and see if you can get up to – 25, 35, 50. And then you can go down to the next step and challenge yourself and build that up again. If if you change the angle, you change the level of resistance. So you take more body weight off if you're at a steeper angle. So if you're up the fourth, fifth stair, it's pretty doable for pretty much anybody. And then as you get stronger, you work down to the third stair, then the second stair. Next thing Ah. you know, you're all the way to the floor. Just (laughs) little things like that. Um, If you're sitting in the kitchen... Waiting for the kettle to boil. You can do some footwork. You can do some balance work. Um, like what? Have you, have, have you ever spilled something? Spilled some tea on the floor and you have a rag and you just move your foot around? Yeah. And you, and you know it slides? That's a great exercise. Crossing the midline does all kinds of good things. When you cross the midline, you actually help sink your brain. So that's an extra little bonus. So if you just do like a sweeping motion on the floor and then switch sides and do the other leg, you can go front, you can go back. Those little tiny pots, it's just being conscious of movement. You have to put that in your forebrain that you're doing an activity and try to develop a kinesthetic awareness, they call it. It's awareness where your body is in space. So where you're connected to the ground, what muscle you're using, all these are something that exercise people have an innate awareness of, um, but it's just kind of cultivating that and, and being more aware of what your body's doing. You don't go through life unconsciously. You're actually starting to make conscious choices of how your body's moving.
0: So so if we focus on where our hands are right now, for instance, and right now my hands are sitting on my on my thighs, but perhaps I could move my arms up and down like a bird and do a little bit of exercises, would that really help?
1: It's, it's the little things like that. Um, if you can't do a squat, sit to the edge of the couch. Right. So you pick up higher height, it's less deep. And just every time you pass the couch, guess what? You can do 10 or 15 squats.
0: That's really easy. It's,
1: (laughs) it's, it's it's, it's simple things. If you're, if you're wiping the counter, do a long sweeping reach, really get out there and stretch rather than go around to the other side. Um, Uh, When you're aware of lifting stuff, if you have to, if you have those laundry jugs, you know how heavy those are, pick that up, squat with it, try to curl, try to lift it over your head. All these little tiny things you can kind of make part of a daily activity. Before you know it, you'd be lifting up the couch as you're vacuuming, you know. it's, <laughs> it's, it's
0: That sounds it's, uh, uh, a really funny visual. I love that one.
1: <laughs> bit of a stretch, but you, you, you get the idea. The more you make your everyday your work, it just becomes a natural function of what you do. And then all of a sudden you realize you have more ability.
0: yeah. And things like vacuuming as well. I guess you know that that's probably the most movement that I do these days.
1: A lot of a, a lot of people say it hurts their back. That's because they're not using their glutes and hamstrings. It's actually kind of a deadlift motion with a reach. But if you do that consciously and you're aware that your feet are anchored to the floor and you're bending forward from the hips and your torso is stabilized, and you get that pull and reach action. So you're getting a back exercise, you're getting glutes and hamstrings. Try the other side. You only have one good hand that you use, but if you use the other hand, again, you're starting to retrain your neural network and patterning. And when all that comes into balance, you actually gain strength and function.
0: Hmm. So if we're older, um, there is a tendency to pull muscles. I know I've done that myself. And I also have some um, weaker muscles that whenever I do twist or, or lift in a certain way that that same muscle gives me a problem. So I know we need to be cautious. Is there anything that you can share with us about that?
1: That points to an instability in the body or an unbalance. There's something that's unbalanced because there's supposed to be a muscle doing a job that's not there to help. And then the muscle that gets strained or hurt or pulled is the one taking all the load when it's not necessarily its responsibility. So back, for example, has to do with a lot of trunk muscles, ab muscles, um, Lower back issues are generally related to core and and trunk stability. Um, Mm -hmm. Primarily people have weaker abs and that's why their back hurts because they haven't trained those muscles. But if you're, if you're moving consciously then you're aware that's unstable. So then you try to recorrect your posture or recorrect your anchoring. People get hurt when they do something unconsciously, when you Mm -hmm. twist that certain way and lift something or put something heavy down that unconsciousness, It's, it's just being conscious keeps you safe.
0: So that you can brace yourself when you know you're going to be lifting something heavy and not twist your body, for instance.
1: Right. It's preparing the body for load is the important thing, and then simple things like balance is a, a huge issue. We lose all kinds of connection with our feet when we're as we get older.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: I don't know I can't remember how many thousands of receptors we have in our feet. There's a huge amount. So if we're stuck in a shoe all the time, we're losing all that input information. So our body isn't getting the feedback to tell us where we are and what we're doing. So if you spend more time bare feet, do conscious foot exercises and really try to wake up the muscle and control the joints under demand, all of a sudden you gain that feedback. So your stability is better and your balance is better. Just getting up to like doing a single leg stand on 30 seconds each leg, it's really hard if you haven't done it for a while. (laughs) Yeah. But but you get better at it really fast. It's just building that awareness. Think about how your foot's connecting to the floor, right? Like when when you try mm. to balance, and then try to balance again in a shoe, it's a totally different experience.
0: I'll have to try that. I haven't noticed.
1: <laughs> you you'll be surprised. Then you can challenge by reaching or stretching or moving or bending as you're in that balance posture, and that'll engage your core and your trunk.
0: Right. So really, the awareness. Uh, Is the key to uh, the focus of your balance. I guess you know when, if you think about standing on a tightrope, most of us don't do that, but I I can imagine the concentration and the focus on what your foot is feeling is the reason that why you would stay on or fall off of that tightrope. I guess it's the same thing.
1: It's 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 balance within the body. If things are unbalanced and and muscles aren't connected or you don't have the awareness. You don't have balance, but it's a practice skill. Once you can do something simple, like a single, leg balance, then you can march on the spot for two minutes without falling over. Um, you know, those little things. What well, every time you're, you put on your kettle to boil for tea, you get a two minute march. Well, your kettle's super fast, but.
0: <laughs> you don't know or, yeah. Yeah. Or the pot on the stove or something like that. Right?
1: Exactly. It's just, it's just being aware of those moments and then aware of, how are you going to use your body to, in those in those moments? I mean, so, if you own a house, there's never there's never a shortage of activities to do. It's just <laughs> making it a conscious activity and making it work.
0: So as we get older, uh, our our bodies change, right? And and you know we're we're losing strength if we're not using our muscles. So I guess you know use it or lose it. That that really does it's make sense. Absolutely um, true. What kinds of changes uh, have you seen when when you're helping older people with fitness? What kinds of changes in the body and and in in the mind even have you noticed?
1: Seniors still have a huge amount of um, ability, but it has to be cultivated again. So seniors usually spend more time seated which will shut off glutes and hamstrings and they don't have access to those. And then they can't sit or stand properly. And they have to throw themselves out of a chair to stand up. Mm. And that affects their independence. Right. So it's, it is a use it or lose it thing. Posture is a big thing that forward posture from seating too much, just kind of waking up those back muscles and lifting that rib cage and feeling those larger muscles behind you flex. And you can feel it when you, when you do that and lift your trunk up and take a deep breath, you feel those back muscles pull. Those are your posture muscles. And all of a sudden you feel that as traps, relax, right? Those tight traps everyone has from working on computers. It's just posture. It's just not using the muscles that are supposed to hold us up.
0: Mm-hmm. So the, the chairs that we choose to sit in, that would also make a difference, wouldn't it? If we tried to, um, are on the sofa, as opposed to maybe a dining chair or something like that. Is there anything to be aware of wherever we choose to sit?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, what's your, what is your lounge posture? Like if you're leaned on one side all the time, that's going to have an effect. If that's over years of, of habit that you're always leaning on the couch on that right side, that you have your spot that you sit in every day, every day, change it up. Try leaning to the other side. Try watching TV from the floor Do some stretches while you're down there. It's just trying to find those moments and, and keep using those muscles. Lying glute bridge is awesome. Lying Mm -hmm. down, your knees are bent and you push into your heels and lift your hips up. And you're trying to connect with your hamstrings, which is the back of your leg and your glutes.
0: I can't even imagine making that posture right now. (laughs) I need to do a few more push-ups on the counter before I can actually feel I could do that.
1: But you can progress it. If that's too hard, put your feet up on an elevated surface right? So it reduces the range of motion a little, mm. right? And then just start, start. If you're, if you're starting from zero, start from like an isometric contraction. So things like balance, um, just a wall press. So, um, with your back against the wall, push the back of your hands in the wall and connect with your back muscles. It's a static hold. Um, so,
0: so you're lean, you're standing up against the wall with your back to the wall, pushing your back against the wall, and putting the palms of your hands on the wall too.
1: Uh, uh, the back of your hands, as you push uh, the, the back, back of, your, of hand, your hands. Okay, you're going to feel those larger back muscles flex, and you're going to feel that spine decompress just a little as you lift that rib cage up. That's where you'd start from zero. So once you're comfortable getting, you start to develop that kinesthetic awareness and can trigger those muscles on demand. Then you can move into movement-orientated stuff like your glute bridges, push-ups, things like that.
0: Do you have any ideas for when we're waking up in the morning and we're still lying in bed? um, Is there anything that we can do that can gently wake up our muscles before we get out of bed?
1: That's a great question. Again, just an isometric, like really flexing your glutes, like squeezing your bum really tight pulls a lot of tension out of the spine. Um, and then like you would do the wall press, you can do that in bed. Take the pillow out from behind your head, push the back of your arms into the bed like you're trying to lift your torso off, but you don't. It's just a static hold, right? And you're going to feel all those muscles connect and flex, and you're going to feel that spine decompress a little. Little things like that can help you prepare for movement. And then think about how you get out of bed. Do you throw yourself out of bed? Do you push into the floor? Do you? How do you do it?
0: Mm. I do it carefully, <laughs> slowly, carefully, make sure I don't pull anything.
1: <laughs> We're often not as fragile as we think we are, right? If you, mm. if, if you have a consciousness and awareness, you shouldn't really be scared of movement. Cause you, if you're conscious, you you know when a movement's right or not.
0: Mm-hmm. And so things like moving your foot in circles, Maybe you're still sitting on the bed at this point. And, and what I like to do is kind of rotate my my ankles uh, in opposite directions and then change the direction and just kind of wake up my feet because you know I've noticed, you know, sometimes my feet don't don't work the way they used to. You know, I can't just spring out of bed and run down the hallway. Um I, I need to kind of wake things up a little bit. Um, so that that I know has worked for me.
1: Yeah hands, wrists, looking your legs up if you have that range of motion and just moving your feet around in circles and back the other way, pump them a little.
0: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned something interesting there is that maybe we're not as fragile as we think we are. I do have a sensitivity to what I'm twisting as far as my back is concerned. So I am aware of the movements that I make with that. But I think with what you're saying, if you're focused on it, you're not likely to injure yourself. I think that's the point I'm making. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. Much less likely because you are it's a conscious movement. Like even walking can be a conscious movement. If you're aware of your heel, toe, as you walk and as you pull through, you're going to feel that glute flex if you have access to that muscle. And just consciously – and if you're going up a hill, you're consciously pushing in and lifting yourself up. And it's just – you can make it an exercise by consciously pushing into the ground rather than just shuffling along.
0: Mm-hmm. And put a little bit of energy or pep into your step kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Challenge yourself with a tandem walk. Put one foot in front of the other. Great for balance. Crossing the midline, right? The further you have your feet out each other, like you don't have to go heel toe, but if you have a decent distance between, try it. Most people can't do a tandem walk.
0: Yeah, you're usually asked to do that if you're drunk by the cops, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a good that day. I would know. <laughs> it's <laughs> we have to talk about that story.
0: <laughs> I've seen it on TV. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, my question then is: as you are a personal trainer, what do you see commonly? When people are just starting out, uh, what do you see are the areas that most people, if, if it is general, uh, would focus on or need to focus on?
1: Um, for my clients, I always start at the same place. I do an assessment, which includes balance. Can they hold themselves upright in space? And then can they hold that balance with a challenge, like either pushing on them or pulling with a band or something? Um, Let me know where the weak areas are in the body. And then what muscles do they have access to? So we do some range of motion things, um, the squat, the glute bridge, really rather basic stuff, but just gives me an idea of what muscles are on and what muscles are off. And I know where to start. So, um, giving someone an anchor of a big muscle, like the, uh, muscles of the glutes and the hips, that's one of your main anchors. And if you don't have access to that anymore, you can't really generate force anywhere else because you can't stabilize
0: so we need to be able to anchor ourselves before we can, you know, um, lift weight, for instance. Um, you know, those those things are, are really important so that we don't pull a muscle or twist or something. Um, and so you're saying that if we focus on our awareness of our body's movements, then we are more likely able to do things like lifting heavy objects, uh, you know, lift that sofa before we vacuum underneath it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's, but you got to start somewhere. You can't, you can't start at the end. You have to work your way towards it.
0: So little things every day.
1: It's those little things every day. And then all of a sudden you realize I'm stronger. I can go mm-hmm. for a hike with my friends. I can do that. I don't need my cane or I don't have to worry about falling because all of a sudden I know where I am in space. I have balance. I can react if something slips. Mm. Right, And once you, once you take the fear out of movement, then people are free.
0: I like that. I like that. It's all about freedom, isn't it? We, you know, as we get older and, and it seems like there are restrictions on the things that we used to do um, what you're saying is we can get that back. Is that right?
1: We can get a lot of it back. I mean, depending how debilitated someone is when I, when I start with them, we can still gain a lot of movement and a lot of ability, um, regardless of what injuries they have, if they have knee issues or back issues or, um, hip issues, you know, as long as they're not at the point where they need surgery or severe arthritis, just waking up those muscles and teaching them to balance and stabilize all of a sudden it, it clicks, it lines up and they can do things that they haven't been able to do for a while.
0: Hmm. So what kinds of things do your clients say to you uh, af- when they get to that point? What, what kinds of things do you hear?
1: Um, well, sometimes they swear at me during the workouts, <laughs> <laughs> which always makes me giggle. I love that. Um, but it's, I, I have a good read on people, so I know exactly kind of where they are on that specific day. And then the movements are tailored towards that. But once they actually get into the routine and start doing things for themselves, it's a huge leap. Um, I hear things like, "I used to hate this." I love and hate seeing you. Um, you know, it's a little double edged. So it's it's hard. It's hard to push yourself to the limits that you haven't been to before. Mm. But but once clients realize they can do it, that's a big hurdle. Like a little light yeah. switch goes on.
0: Yeah. And so, so if somebody is listening that um, feels that they want to work with somebody like yourself or even work with you, uh, how would they go about doing something like that? Like, do you uh, find them in the, things, in, you know, on the internet or, you know, how do you know who, who is good things, to be able to help you?
1: The best way is to ask someone who you like how they move. Right. If someone is fit, you say, Wow, how did you get so fit? Right. And then you'll either get tips and tricks from them personally, or they might say, Oh, I had this great trainer from wherever. Um, it's a lot harder now. You can't just walk in a gym and pick them off the wall, which was always a little um iffy, depending on this on the uh facility. But right. um, right now the best way is to look online, um, ask friends and families who are working with people and then check references ask for a reference. There's nothing wrong with that. If I have a client that's iffy about me and they say, well, do you have any references? I'm like, I'm happy to, because my clients do get results and they're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look for what their licensing is, uh, what sort of certifications they have. Have they worked with uh, people in your situation, whether you have an injury or a certain age um or certain goals, um, just ask questions. Mm-hmm.
0: And are you taking on new clients right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had to reinvent myself after 20, probably almost 25 years, uh, working in a gym. I don't have access to gyms anymore. So, um, I am reinventing myself and I've recently moved up North into of the city. So yes, I'm definitely trying to build my business back up again.
0: And how would people contact you?
1: Um, email me, uh, jodyboynton at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-B-O-Y-N-T-O-N. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have right now. I'm working on a website. <laughs> I haven't quite got that far yet.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a uh, an interesting year of uh, reinventing ourselves, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> I think it's a really good opportunity because we're... we're we're confined, we're forced to spend more time with ourselves. So we can either distract ourselves, or we can actually do something with purpose.
0: Yeah. And so doing something with purpose for our bodies, as well as what we're planning on doing, you know, each day and in the work that we do. Um, So reinventing yourself or, um, you know, bringing back the movement and the agility and the resiliency that we used to have, um, would you say that it is possible for most people?
1: Most people can make some kind of improvement no matter where they are. Um, If you are having trouble finding that motivation to start, think about where you were 20 years ago. What did you do? What could you do? What sort of abilities did you have? And then think of yourself 20 years from now. What do you want to be able to do? Right, a little forward projection can be really good motivator if someone's already starting to feel kind of debilitated and weaker and unable to do things. Look ahead where you want to be when you're 10, 20 years older. Hmm.
0: That's a really awesome way to end this because I'm going to allow our listener to really think about that for a minute before they go and do something else. I think that that would really help motivate me too. So uh, I know you have a lot of information to share with us, and we're going to be talking again about some other uh, issues as well, as well as diet and things like that. So thank you ever so much for spending your, your time with us today.
1: Thank you. I I love sharing information. It's 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 so rewarding when I see clients realize they have some abilities they didn't know they had before.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Jody. My
1: my pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you've heard and want to hear more, please subscribe, leave a comment and a rating, and I promise to send good vibes your way. This episode brought to you by Lunch with a Healer podcast. The best conversations happen when you're having lunch with a friend, especially when one is a healer. Pull up a chair at lunchwithahealer.com.